You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, gorgeous, and welcome to episode 73 of The Hungry Soul podcast with your host, Rachel Foy. So, we have an amazing guest about to come onto the show. But before I introduce her, I just want to share with you something that happened to me yesterday. And ironically, it's very much connected to the topic that we actually have on the show in probably about three minutes time. So I woke up yesterday morning and I felt absolutely exhausted. No particular reason. I probably had gone to bed a bit too late the night before. Uh, Myself and Simon, my husband, have discovered Suits on Netflix and we're currently up to season number six. So for any of you that are Suits fans, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So we went to bed super late. Woke up with the little lady about six o'clock and I dragged myself out of bed. And you know when you're just not fully woken up properly? And by about half past 10 that morning, I was like, I feel dreadful. Like I I felt like I was a bit drifting and I wasn't really grounded. And one of the things which I preach so much, and you've heard me talking about this, is like really starting to tune in and listen. And one of the things that I'm really trying to practice for myself is really walking the walk as much as I can. It's not always easy. But I realized yesterday that my body was tired for some reason, Um, probably like hormones just before my period was about to start. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to fully embrace this and listen. So I ran myself a bath. I actually canceled my entire day of what I was doing. Um, No clients, but I did have a few things that I wanted to do. So I canceled everything and I ran myself a bath. I lit some candles. I put some essential oils in the water. It's very luxurious at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I just lay there and listened to some like relaxation stuff. And then after I got out, I had, what did I have then? I had something nice to eat. I then read some of my book on the sofa. And about an hour and a half later, so it was just gone 12 o'clock, I realized that I actually wanted to have a sleep. Now, I've not had a sleep in the day for ages. And any of you out there that are listening, possibly with children as well, you'll know that you can't just take naps whenever you want because life. So anyway, I decided to have a little snooze and it wasn't for very long. It was like an hour and 10 minutes or so. I woke up and I felt completely different. And it really made me recognize how sometimes doing our best work in the world and showing up for ourselves and our family is about taking that time for ourselves whether that be having a bath in the day if you can or whether it's about going to bed earlier or reading a book or having a little power nap if you're able to because these are these are moments and actions that we start to reinforce to ourselves that we're worthy like we're worthy of our own time we're worthy of our own company we're worthy of actually looking after ourselves and nurturing ourselves and I think I might make this a bit of a regular thing for me probably not every week that might be taking it a bit too far but definitely more frequently than what I allow myself at the moment. So I just wanted to share that with you because I know for so many of you who are listening, who are part of our community, looking after yourself and actually prioritizing yourself and your needs is something that you probably struggle with because this can often be interwoven with food issues and body image and not feeling good enough and worthy enough and all that kind of stuff. So if that is you, I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you permission 
to give yourself permission to take time for you to actually start listening to what your body and your soul is hungry for. And yesterday for me, I was hungry for rest and downtime and relaxation. So do you know what? I flipping well did it and I felt amazing afterwards. So that brings us very nicely onto the guests that we have today on the show, which bizarrely, we talk about self-care and we talk about how this is often a struggle for women. So a little while ago, actually it was more than a little while ago, so I don't know what happened to this episode. We recorded this in summer, so it was about three or four months ago now. It got lost, somehow got lost on my side. So apologies, Nicola, this, this is going out way later than it should have done. But I had a chat with the delightful Nicola Ray Wickham, who's the founder of A Life More Inspired, and she's a certified NLP coach. And she's on a mission to help women to create with confidence and change their lives in the world as well as helping all women to to be more of themselves. So we are totally on the same page with this work. So through coaching, merchandise and community, she helps them take the small steps that lead to the big life changes. So I brought her on the show. We had a fabulous conversation, which was all about self-care, creativity as a form of self-care, which was a really fascinating aspect to kind of delve into from my side as well. And yeah, she kind of shared some of her own experiences with this. We talk about how we can start to make ourselves more of a priority and why she's super passionate about helping other women to really start recognizing that they can be, do and have whatever they desire. And often that starts with recognizing that if they put themselves first and if they start to tap into creativity, amazing things can happen and magic can start to unfold. So without further ado, a little bit later than I wanted to share this episode with you, but better late than never, here is the delightful Nicola Ray Wickham. So welcome to the Hungry Soul podcast. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm really, really good. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. Every so often I, I kind of obviously know who I'm interviewing um, and I saw your name pop up today and I was like, oh, we're going to talk about creativity, which I'm really interested about myself. And I know that the audience are going to get so much out of this. But before we do, um, for anybody that's not yet come across you in the online space, Nicola, do you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction as to who are you and what are you all about? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Nicola Ray Wickham. I am a creative mentor, which means that lots of people say, okay, that sounds nice, but what does it mean? And what it means is that I help women take the ideas that are on their hearts and in their minds and make them into something real. I have a platform called A Life More Inspired which is all about affirming women's self-worth and I do that through community I do it through my mentoring and I do it through merchandise as well I make affirmation merchandise amazing we're gonna have I can't wait to start asking you about creativity because it's one of the things we were saying actually before I hit record it always comes up in my work with the women around food and things um, because it's all interlinked so I want to actually start asking you, and I ask all my guests this because I can tell from your, your introduction already, like you've got a genuine passion about this. Like this is something that's almost like your soul's work for, for you to be doing. So I'm intrigued, like where has this come from? Like how, what, what's been your story? What's been the experiences that you've had that have gotten you to this place of, of doing what you do? Mm, well, I started off in marketing. So I'm a marketer by trade it's what I qualified in it's what I've done for about 15 years um, and I started off in fashion marketing which I loved 
absolutely adored it until it got to the point um, in fashion markets, in fashion, you have these Monday morning meetings and in the Monday morning meetings, you've got all of the directors there, everyone's sitting around the table and we're analyzing and dissecting why a dress hasn't sold. And at that point I was like, I love the creativity. Yeah. I love having the ideas and seeing them come to fruition. I love everything about fashion. I love the clothes and that side of things, but I don't really care if a dress hasn't sold <laughs> and I'm not around the table kind of freaking out like everybody else. And at that point I realized that I needed more purpose in what I was doing. It needed to have more meaning and the dress selling didn't have enough meaning for me. And that kind of started me on this cycle of um, looking for it within my corporate role. So I moved into the public sector. I've worked with startups. So that was kind of my corporate life. But I always knew that I wanted more and I wanted to do something different. Um, I had my daughter, which was quite a difficult journey. Um, but within that, I started discovering spirituality and I started discovering that there was something else, that yeah. there was another way of being able to live life and another way of being able to think. And, um, and then I started my own business while I was on maternity leave, um, which was mainly helping wedding businesses with their marketing. And then I was being coached at the time and absolutely loved it and realized that that wasn't my soul's purpose. Amazing. So through a lot of fear, I broke through it and then ended up doing what I actually wanted to do. So I got qualified as an NLP coach. And then as time went on, I got deeper and deeper into what my core message was and what I believe I was put here to do. So, and I, and I do really believe that all of my experiences have come together to get me to this point. Yeah. It, you know, when it's one of those ones that yeah. you needed to happen in this way. Um, but yeah, it was that kind of corporate life to actually going to what I really wanted to be talking about. Gosh, you've been on an adventure already. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> As is often the way, it's like we end up here, go, oh, well, actually, there is a bit of a backstory. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As you're talking, though, and I'm sure that some of the listeners might be thinking the same, it's like you're making it sound so easy. It's like here you are in a probably a very well-paid job and there's probably a lot of potential from a career point of view but I can hear as you're talking and obviously we're on a podcast called The Hungry Soul it's like that obviously wasn't satisfying you mm. on a soul level and you jumped mm. and you know quite often in these conversations that I've had with guests it's like well how did how did you do that like before we get into obviously like the creativity aspect of what you're passionate about now I'm just intrigued on like a personal level like what what was the thing that actually pushed you to leave that sort of security and like you know the comfort of of having the corporate and actually going on your own and setting up your own business mm. what was it was a gradual thing so in that kind of summary I've made it sound like it happened in just like that <laughs> so it wasn't as you as you know it wasn't quite like that but it was um there was some things that things that happened that really were kind of laid a stake in the grass, if that's the saying, but stake in the ground. One of them was trying to conceive my daughter, which was really hard. I suffered two consecutive miscarriages. Mm. I was told that it was unlikely I, I'd ever conceive. And in that period of time, it was like the lowest point I'd ever got to. But I realized that I had created or I'd been given a story that had become my self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So when the doctor sent that letter, which was the day before my wedding, oh my goodness. exactly, um, saying that I, um, if this uh, 
candidate is would even get pregnant that those are kind of the words in the letter that then started off a cycle of me finding it really hard and I really believe that it it then became that story for me and once I was able to have that belief and I'm not saying that you just have a belief and and it happens in terms of fertility and things like that but I know that that was a massive part in turning it around as was alternative therapy and things and then so that was a real moment for me because it showed me that I can create it showed me that I'm more powerful than I thought I was um that I'm more capable more resilient all those things that I thought I never associated with myself I it was suddenly proven to me I had the evidence um and then having my daughter gave me the permission I thought I needed and even saying that to you now it's like Nicola you didn't need the permission but I thought I needed it but and I think so many women listening could probably kind of resonate with that because Mm -hmm. and I hear this over and over and over again it's like people waiting like women waiting for them to like fully kind of like come home to themselves Mm -hmm. to like feed their hungry souls to awaken their soul fed Mm -hmm. women like whatever we want to label it it's the same thing but they're waiting they're waiting for the right time they're waiting for the the planets to align Mm -hmm. and actually that that waiting, that permission, it always comes from us, doesn't it? Exactly. We can give ourselves that permission at any time. And it's something I'm big on journaling and I have, I write myself out a permission slip in my journal because it's like, Nicola, you don't need to ask anybody else. Actually, you can give it to yourself and I give it to my clients and it's, you can give yourself that permission that you think you need. Absolutely. So um, having my daughter meant that I wanted to design my life. And that was the permission I needed. So it was all kind of, those were tied probably the two big events that happened that actually made me listen to what I knew to be true inside. I always knew I wanted to start my own thing. Always. It's amazing how you say that actually, because again, the amount of guests that I've interviewed, my, you know, my own story, the story mm-hmm. of people that I've worked with, it is that kind of, we all have this inner wisdom. We all have these like inner desires and, and I know we're probably going to talk about this in a second about how they can often get trapped, but if we don't actually start paying attention to them, it can really take us on this like path that actually isn't ours and maybe for some of us we stay on that path unfortunately and we never actually get off it mm. um but it's interesting how you said like you already you always knew like mm. there's just that feeling that you were yeah you were made for more than the corporate yes. space <laughs> definitely and i think it's that conditioning isn't it and the yeah. messages we get about what success is that then dictates to us that that voice <laughs> isn't valid like that voice oh no you listen to the logical rational path that you've been set that voice has no weight and then when you suddenly giving it give it the weight that it deserves that's when everything absolutely and I'm guessing for you that your when you do listen to your inner wisdom now that that has like way more power and it's way more accurate than any kind of head thought stuff. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. We are. We sure we are. <laughs> awesome. Right. Let's uh, let's chat about creativity because obviously that's why I invited you on the show. Um, we've already touched on it a little bit anyway, but a really random question. But I just mm. want to clarify: like, what do you mean by creativity? Like, what does that word mean for you? For me, it's well. I'll tell you what it doesn't mean to start off with because often we feel like 
to be creative, we have to be able to art, be able to draw, kind of create artwork or write books and dance, sing, all of those kind of things of which I can write, but I can't dance, draw or <laughs> sing. I try, but, <laughs> but that isn't creativity. Creativity is being able to make something. So whether you're making something physical, you're making something happen, it's that process of making and we are all capable of that. And actually we all do that all of the time. So it's just kind of recognizing that the women I work with want to create something specific and put it out into the world. But then there's also the element of creating your reality. Just like I started to design my life after I had my daughter before I'd even actually put anything out in a business sense, I was creating the life that I wanted. So we are all creators when we have that desire to make. And so many of us, when we're children, we love drawing and we love, like my five-year-old daughter, it's the the stage of performing all the time. So it's a show, everything's a show all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's that act of creating, but we lose that. And whether you want to create something you want to put out into the world or you just want to get back to what you loved. Yeah. That element is so, it helps us to connect with ourselves. And that's, that's what I love about it. And that's why I think it's so important. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And again, I'm just basing this on like my experience of like creativity, particularly in the realms of like the work that I do. But often, and I don't want to kind of say this for like, all women on the planet but we often kind of keep this creativity trapped within us don't we like we're not always very good at bringing it out and expressing it and delving into that why is that like what's your experience with this I think it's because um it kind of goes back to the childhood thing it's okay up to a certain point Mm. to spend your hours creating whatever it is whether it's an imaginary world or it's a painting and then it you reach a certain age and everything has to get a little bit serious. Yes. And if you're not, yeah, if you can't draw, then you stop drawing. Yes. If you can't sing, you stop singing. If you can't dance, it's not cute anymore by society standards. Which when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but that is so true. Mm. It's so funny because I was about, I went back to adult ballet lessons when I was about in my late twenties. And my work colleagues at the time thought it was absolutely hilarious. And it was because I'm no ballet dancer. (laughs) But I loved it. I loved ballet as a child and going back to it as an adult. And it was that, but I had to get over myself. The embarrassment of like some of the girls in the dance, in the dance class were trained dancers and they could pirouette and do all of that stuff. Um, And some of us couldn't. So I had to get over the embarrassment get over the fact that I'm not as flexible as I was when I was 10 yes. <laughs> and tune into that desire within me to create. Mm. And I think that is an example of what stops us. It's the embarrassment. It's the fact that you're a grown woman and you're not in the Royal Ballet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but actually though, kind of as you're saying that, and you know, there might be people listening going, Oh, I really fancy going to ballet lessons at the age of like 47 or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And we were going back to that permission thing. It's like, mm. you don't need a permission slip just because you're a certain age or you, you know, you feel like you've like gone past that age mm. of doing or performing or creating. Mm. It's like those rules and those, those stories that we buy into, they're not our own. No. 
you know yeah. just kind of exploring that mm. and it's so freeing to to it's part of letting go of what everybody else wants you to be and those external standards and that's part of then coming home to yourself because yes. you're doing something for you, especially if you're, as many of us are, you've got lots of different roles and responsibilities as a nurturer, a caregiver in so many different capacities, but it's something that you're able to do for yourself. Mm. Do you know what for me creativity also means? Um, it's about expressing ourselves. Mm. They're kind of creativity and expression for me. I often interchange those because for me, it's the same thing. Mm. And I do feel like, again, without wanting to say this is every single woman within society, but we as women, we are often very conditioned to kind of suppress ourselves, to put ourselves last, to not make ourselves a priority. Mm. You said it, caregivers, nurturers, mm. looking after everybody else but us. And if we don't have that outlet to express and to be creative, what do we what do we do we end up feeling a bit lost in our own life exactly because that energy goes somewhere yes doesn't it it's like that resistance of not actually listening to what's in here to your soul it becomes this energy that then can work against you in so many different ways yeah absolutely um you mentioned um you're kind of saying about the getting these creative ideas and sort of feeling inspired and actually allowing them to come out so that they're not trapped anymore why do you think and this might be kind of quite a big question to answer but why do you think that it's it's important that as women we do we do kind of make that space to be expressive and to actually tap into that creative element of being a woman like why why do we need this in our lives we need it in order to become that whole person mm. Love that because it's a massive part of us that we're just ignoring. Yeah. So we need it to become and and also there's on a bigger part a part of my message is about and I and I don't mean to say it to put pressure on women but it's kind of create with confidence and change the world. And it's not to say that I expect every woman to go out there and do these these kind of world changing things. But ultimately, I know that the ideas that they've got are going to help people and make yeah. a difference and even if it's a woman that doesn't have kind of a business or a creative project at the end of it that's kind of for profit it's helping her which then has ripple effects which is going to help her family around her absolutely do you know what i was just about to say the same like even someone who's not maybe like um, a business owner or an mm -hmm. entrepreneur has got no like, no desire to kind of do that which is completely fine i'm just thinking though like a woman right now very typical example who is like looking after the house, looking after the children, probably got a partner, husband, maybe she's also working as well. So she's mm -hmm. got no balance. Like she's yeah. juggling everything. Then she's also not expressing herself. She's not being creative. Mm -hmm. If she changes that, the ripple effects within her family dynamic and how the children see their mum and how she interacts with her partner. Like mm. it, it's, it is huge. It is, mm. it is changing. Yeah. It's changing the world, isn't yeah, it? And absolutely. then if you've got children that are then seeing you giving yourself permission to create beyond the age of childhood, it's then they see it as something that's important that they'll continue to do as well. And when we all can show up as more whole people, mm. the whole world will be, better not to sound really cheesy but it's no, just that cool. yeah, yeah when we're more kind of comfortable with ourselves and that's also where amazing ideas are bred it's kind of 
a woman might then have an idea to start a community group or to connect deeper with her friends or it all adds to this this overall wellness absolutely see for me as you're talking so this is what i call like the energy of being a soul-fed woman like when we feed ourselves completely and we feel lit up and we're we're expressing ourselves and we're in our power and we're speaking our truth and kind of you know really owning who we are without the stories of society mm. it gives us permission like you said to 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 do what we want and to create what we want and to actually be that that catalyst for change on whatever level we desire whether it's just within our family or whether it's our community mm. or whether it's on a global scale um yeah like i got goosebumps as you Ooh, said it. Yeah. Like, yes preach, <laughs> preach it <laughs> The women need to be more, more lit up out there in this community. Um, so the question that I do want to ask you, actually, Nicola, because you, mm. you kind of touched on it a little bit. What's the connection for you between creativity and kind of like self-care, wellness sort of stuff? Mm. I think it's um, kind of the examples I've given are examples of self-care. They're the ways that we can show ourselves the self-love, which in turn is an act of self-care. Um, I also... I, I love the quote by Audrey Lord, which um, I will probably ruin the quote, <laughs> but the, the, the essence of it is that self-care is an act of um, political, is a political act and yes. it's about self-preservation. Yes. And so for me, that all then wraps around because if you're feeding your creativity, whether it's gonna be an idea that is world changing or it's world changing in terms of your family and your immediate circle, it's preserving yourself so that you can do the work that needs to be done in the world. So again, whether it's on the, a scale, I don't wanna use a kind of big and small um, yeah. measurement on it, but whether it's in your immediate circle or it's in the whole world, once you're able to feed that creativity and tap into that, then it's it's feeding into the overall wellness and then the actual ways that you can tap into your creativity are acts of self-care so going for a walk meditating journaling i'm massive on journaling and writing it out yeah. um and so those are all acts of self-care it could be for me one of my biggest things of self-care is having a bath at the end of then washing away the day yes and that is a creative act for me. I do you know what I've never thought of it, and I'm kind of listening as you're like expressing it. I've never connected that sort of the art of self-care with creativity. But as you're talking, I can completely appreciate how that's how you've married the two together. Mm. Because actually it is creation, isn't mm. it? It's like creating the space, creating the ritual, creating mm -hmm. the time, creating the act of whatever it might be. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. how creativity and self-care actually are very similar if not the same they are yeah definitely and i think it takes the pressure off of the notion of creativity as well like when you ask me in the beginning what is it and people go to that it's being able to draw sing dance yeah absolutely but knowing that we are all creative and, and i think when i express that to women especially women that are experiencing really low self-worth it allows them to kind of take the power back Yes. Because if you can recognize that you are a creator, which all women are, and all of the, the women listen to this are creators, they ha you have the power. Yeah. And sometimes it's harder than other times. And sometimes there's different um, conditions that happen that are outside your control. Absolutely. But within that, you, you are a creator. Absolutely. And do you know what might also um, 
be quite kind of useful as you're talking about self-care and creativity i know again within like my community a lot of women find it really hard to practice self-care because it's about self mm -hmm. and they don't feel worthy and they don't feel deserving and they don't feel good enough and that's why they project out to be like you know the the people pleasers and the mm -hmm. external validation so maybe even substituting that word self-care for how can i be more creative today yes. like it's got a totally different meaning hasn't it absolutely yeah, yeah and, I, it, and it suits yeah. those of us that are doers yes hands up I'm yeah <laughs> I know I mean yeah I try to be a being and a doer but I thrive on that doing and I think it's because it's channeled through that creativity as well and, and when you're doing like you are from that place of it being your sole purpose then it, it yeah it's not hard work no absolutely <laughs> Is it? but I, I do love that replacing self-care with creativity because even for me my my relationship with self-care has changed over the years and at first it was a bit I didn't buy all the just go for a manicure and go and get your hair done and it's like well no yes that's not self-care is more than a green juice yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> so um seeing it as creativity and that quote from from Audre Lorde as well about it being self-preservation yeah do you know what there's so much power in that isn't there like mm. and there's so much truth in it i think yeah. again just to kind of I suppose pick up where you where you've sort of left off there i think sometimes we can have this perception of self-care as being like selfish and we shouldn't be doing it and there's too many things on our to-do list so i can't possibly take half an mm. hour for me but just reframing that and actually as you said it's not about any of that it's about preserving yourself for for your family, for your business, for your colleagues, or whatever it might be for you. It's like if we don't preserve ourselves, then we're going to be running on empty, and that's exactly. not a good place. No, we're not. We're not going to be be able to do the work that needs to be done. And we all know that there's a lot of work. Never <laughs> feel, no, exactly, exactly. And and those of us that see things going on in the world that want to kind of contribute and have a voice and and speak our truth in that sense. We need to be well to do that. Absolutely. We need to preserve our sense of who we are in order totally. to do that work. Do you know, a little while ago, I'm just kind of quickly sharing where I am with this. And like, again, I've not connected it to creativity, but I, I am doing now because I totally see where, it, where it's connected. But I realized a little while ago that the more time that I take away for me, the more productive I end up being. Yeah. And it was the most bizarre kind of evidence to actually to witness it because I've always been a doer. Mm. And again, I'm sure so many women can relate. It's like, I've got 20 things on my to-do list. I need to get them all done. But actually the more that you take time for yourself as creativity or self-care or wellness, you actually get through your to-do stuff so much faster, mm. which is weird, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's because your, your, your body and your mind is in a better place, isn't it? Yeah. And also for me, it was noticing that I wasn't as resentful because I'd have ha had had oh. half an hour for myself or whatever. Mm. Then going to the to-do list, I was like, I don't mind doing all these chores mm. now for like the house and the family because actually I've had my me You've time. You've had your time. Yeah, yeah. I've had my me time. Mm. So what do I want to ask you? I want to ask you actually mm. about your rituals, routines. Like how do you tap into your creativity? Like what do you do? Um, so for me, uh, journaling in the morning well, actually journaling at any time my journal is my safety blanket my crutch I self-coach with it I self-reflect 
So journaling is a big one for me. Um, I'll dip in and out of meditation as and when I need it. So definitely every week I will meditate, but it's not, I don't have a set routine. Um, And then with having a five-year-old, it just fits around life. So like I said, having a bath at the end of the day is one of my rituals that I always stick to. Um, And going for walks, preferably on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) That is, that's really big for me as well. Um, But I think it's also been a journey to know, to, to learn about, oneself Mm. and know what fuels you and what doesn't that's such a valid point actually maybe we can kind of expand upon that because I think Mm. sometimes we can become too fixated on doing the right thing and Mm. having the structure and the regime the regime the routine the ritual doesn't work it's never Mm. worked for me I I kind of feel quite stifled if Mm. I'm well turning it into a bit of a chore which is the whole purpose of what self-care and creativity is Mm. kind of making it work for ourselves Definitely. And I like to do that by checking in. Mm-hmm. So it's like saying to myself, okay, what would be the most amazing thing that I could do right now? Like, what is it I really want right now? And then allowing myself to go with that. Goes back to permission again. Exactly. So yeah. it could be of, I might have had a certain task planned for the day. And then I check in with myself. It's like, is that really what I want to be doing? do I need to do it? What's the deadline on it? Is there any way I could swap it around for something else? Because my vibe is kind of feeling like writing something today and tomorrow I'll get to that. And and you do have to be mindful that it doesn't mean that you leave the accounts (laughs) and the things you don't want to do day after day, but it's kind of having that honest conversation almost with yourself. It's like, well, if the accounts get done today, then I'm going to feel better yes in the long run yeah kind of how you would speak to a child in a way I, I do you know this is how I talk to myself every morning I'm like right then Rachel what would you like to do today <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we are little children at the end of the day though aren't we that's the thing yes we are even though we don't always treat ourselves no exactly no, I but do. I think uh, I think um if we if we actually recognized ourselves as being like these little girls because mm. I've got a five-year-old daughter as well um and the way that I sort of speak to her I have to be quite mindful it's like well that's how I should speak to myself sometimes Mm. you know if I'm being a bit too hard on myself or I'm like come on you need to do a bit more Mm. Um, just kind of reminding ourselves that that approach always doesn't work (laughs) exactly and you you telling that story reminds me actually so I create affirmation cards and my favorite affirmation is today I will be my own best friend oh yeah it's similar to the to the kind of daughter thing but in terms of giving us that that third party perspective almost on the situation being able to zoom into it it's like well you wouldn't speak to your daughter like that you wouldn't have those expectations of her and at the same time what would your best friend say absolutely that's um that's that's a really powerful thing I use that a lot actually about the whole you know friend or or best friend and it does it really gives you a perspective doesn't it about sometimes when we need to be a bit more compassionate towards mm-hmm. ourselves let's say that exactly, exactly um can I just ask you quickly about journaling because sometimes journaling comes up in this podcast and I know that some women may be listening or curious about it because it does get spoken about a lot but maybe they don't know what it is or what's the right way of doing it so how do you journal like if you could give some tips particularly mm. about the creativity aspect of it where would somebody start with journaling I think that there's two different there's different types of journalers. 
So you've got your journalists who are able just to kind of free write as a stream of consciousness, whatever comes into their minds, they're comfortable with putting it down on paper. Um, and then there's some people who feel like they're getting it wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then what I want to say to them, there is no right or wrong with it. Your journal is just for you. It's not going to be marked with a red pen by anybody. So we can lose that kind of any expectation there. But people that struggle just to free write, I would say looking at journaling prompts mm -hmm. um, and asking yourself the questions like, how am I feeling? What would my ideal day life look like? What am I really scared of? Yeah. Um, those kind of questions can start to open you up if you're wanting to kind of go and do some deeper work. And then in terms of um, getting started, it's questions like, what am I grateful for today? What made me smile today? Yeah. In order to have that kind of zooming in on this specific day. And if it's been a tough one, being able to find kind of the joy in it, because there's always something that Absolutely. we can find and giving it some attention mm. um, is always really helpful. Sometimes we can feel like we're having a really bad day, which makes it feel like a really bad life <laughs> when actually it's just a really bad day. Yeah. That's very true. Actually, I'm kind of giggling because I had one of those a little while ago. <laughs> Yeah, and it feels like the world is falling apart. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But the journaling can enable you on black and white to look back at you and say, oh no, it's just a bad day or a bad week or it's yeah. just, but there are good things. So I would say the journaling prompts, if you're not able to do just the streaming stream of consciousness. Um, and I do actually have a document that has got 111 journaling prompts for people oh, awesome. that has covers lots and lots of all the different questions. Um, and then also looking in what you're grateful for mm. and things like that. Yeah. I think journaling is a really good place to start. You know, obviously we're talking about creativity and I, for me, it's about expression and you know, the whole self care and, and actually putting yourself back in your own world. And, and I dip in and out of journaling kind of depends on what I've, what I've got mm. the feel for it. But those questions, like you said, you know, what am I really scared of? Or how am I actually feeling today? Cause so many women, they just don't ever acknowledge. They don't recognize, they don't, they don't tell anyone, they don't admit mm. it to themselves. So, you know, for anyone listening, I think what Nicola's just said, there's a really good idea to just, you know, pen and paper and start giving yourself permission again to, yeah. to start expressing how you feel. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Before we come to the end, which is like literally in a few minutes, can you believe it? Um, <laughs> I would like to know, please, I'm sure that the listeners do as well. Where can we find you out there on the World Wide Web? Yes, so you can find me. My digital home is alifemoreinspired.com. Um, and then I hang out on Instagram a lot. Instagram is my playground. I'm always on stories. Um, and I'm a life more inspired on story on stories on Instagram as well. Amazing, amazing. Listen, thank you so much, Nicola, for coming on the show. Um, I could talk about this for ages, so you might oh, need no. to come back another day. <laughs> That'd be lovely. I was literally, oh, let's talk. <laughs> let's keep talking. Fabulous. Well, listen, I'll let you get on with whatever you're doing. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank you. And we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
So there you go, gorgeous. Another episode brought to you by The Hungry Soul. Now, if that conversation has got you a little bit curious about your own journey right now and how perhaps you can start helping yourself to become more self-fed, but maybe you've got no idea where to start or what that might even mean for you, don't panic. We've got some fabulous gifts for you that are all completely free. All you need to do is head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash free dash resources And over there, there's workshops, handouts, meditations, and loads of other goodies. So go and grab as many of them as you want to. Can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye.